Welcome to the Stoll Community of Faith podcast. We invite you to join us as we worship each Sunday at 11 o'clock a.m. The parable of the wedding banquet that is our scripture for today. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, (coughs) the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friends? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you so much for your reading. And now may the words of my mouth, but the meditations that are received from all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God and our Creator. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, drive away the chaff that the kernels behind might truly nourish us. And we ask this in the comfort and the peace of the Holy Gospel. Amen. I have to tell you about a, a first grade teacher that had some sixth graders and she gave the sixth graders uh she gave a well i do turn everything on of course i did (laughs) she gave the sixth graders uh uh an assignment and the next day they were supposed to uh bring uh, a symbol of their religion and so the next morning she called on isaac and isaac stood up and he said well i i am jewish and, and he held up the Star of David. He said, this is a symbol of my religion. And then the teacher called on Mary and said, Mary, would, would you share with us a symbol of your religion? And she did. She said, well, I am Catholic, and this is a rosary. This is a sign of my religion. And then she called Bobby. You always know about Bobby, you know. Called Bobby, and, and he proudly said, I am a Methodist, and he held up a casserole dish. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how often food and drink are, are mentioned in the New Testament? You know, we have the story we just read about the banquets and the weddings. And even, Jesus even called the church his bride. 
But if I were to ask many of you your most common complaint about life, it probably would be that there is just not enough time. You know, we are very desperate to just to try to, to squeeze just a few more minutes into every day. You know, there was a young wife who called a newspaper office and, and she asked for the food editor. And uh, the food editor answered and says, well, she said, what can I do for you? And she goes, well, she said, can you please help me? I am cooking a very special dinner tonight for my husband's boss and his wife. And I've never cooked a big meal before, and I want everything to be just perfect. I bought a nine-pound turkey. Can you tell me how long to cook it in my new microwave? Just a minute, the food editor said as he turned to his reference book. And she said, oh, thank you. You've been a good help. Goodbye. Well, as the Thanksgiving and season, Christmas season are drawing closer, many of us would like to find a way to prepare a nine-pound turkey in just a minute. Ah, you got it. Good. I'm glad. I was a little worried there for just a moment. <laughs> well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit this morning, but this morning I want to talk to you about the invitation, and that's the invitation of Jesus to come and to follow him. Now, it's not my intention this morning to judge who or who is not a Christian or, or to criticize anybody's experience of salvation or to suggest that you are not already a member of God's family. However, my intention is to rather to follow this text and to speak very clearly about it. Jesus' invitation. My purpose is to give you voice to Jesus' call to discipleship. And so I approach this, this text from Matthew with a few assumptions, a few underlying givens, and so let me share with you this morning what they are. Well, our text suggests that Jesus invites people to join him, to come to the, the marriage feast. And I believe that Jesus still invites people to the marriage feast. The marriage feast is the life of following of Christ. It is the experience of committing your life to God, of being saved from the power of sin. It is the experience of grace, the experience of being born anew. It is the call to, to follow that is still being heard, the, the prayer of God to, to change people. It is still operative. It is still available today, just as it was in the day of Jesus' parable. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is leading people from darkness to light. And there is being added to the church day by day those who are being saved. God is still in the business of converting of changing people, of calling people to leave their, their nets and to follow him. And the invitation to the marriage feast needs to be heard today just as much as it did 10, 000, or 2,000 years ago. E. Stanley Jones, he's probably one of the century's greatest missionaries. And he reminds us that the church will never outgrow the necessity of producing conversions. 
And I strongly believe that. You see, every time I step up into this pulpit or wherever I'm at up here, I do so with the expectation that God will call people to become Christians, to repent and to believe the gospel. And I believe that there are people sitting here this morning who will experience a very real way the call to become a Christian. Jesus is still inviting people to come to the marriage feast. And another assumption, a given, a basis from which I speak, I believe that there are still those who will not come, who have not accepted the invitation to make light of the invitation as the text suggests. And there are in our midst those who are too busy with other interests and distractions. They just really don't take it seriously. They have all kinds of reasons. But the fact is, some are present who do not come to the marriage feast. Or maybe they come, but they're not wearing the wedding garment. Or maybe they come to church. They may believe in God. They might just say their prayers. But they are not part of the marriage feast. They have not accepted the invitation to come and to follow Jesus. They have not really known what it means to be saved by grace to believe in Jesus, to be born again. There has been no real commitment of the heart. We live in an environment within the church where we sometimes just assume everyone is a Christian. Most people have been baptized. They've been confirmed. We all know John 3.16. We just recited the Lord's Prayer but that doesn't mean all of us have accepted the invitation to the marriage feast. And there are those who do not have on the wedding garment. They mingle among the Christians. They know the party line. But there is something that is still missing. So I'm here this morning with the assumption that some have yet to accept Christ's invitation to come. Some have not taken it seriously. I don't know who you are, but you do. So does God. Today you will hear the invitation once again. Another assumption, or maybe this is a hunch I had this morning, is that maybe some of you really don't know how to accept the invitation. You're still asking, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? How do I become a Christian? You know, I'll never forget during my preaching class at St. Paul, we had an assignment for, uh, to do the, we had to, to, to do a, a, a message. And everyone, of course, we want to do the best. This was our last, uh, our last class. We were all getting ready to graduate and, and have our course of study completed. And my assignment was 
was a text that dealt with prayer. And I prepared well. I, I, I thought I did okay. But then when it came for the time for critique, you know, all my classmates, they gave their, their, their comments, and, and some of the comments I got were, were very encouraging, and I was pleased. But then my professor, Dr. Magi, gave his critique, and I'll never forget it. He said, you know, he said, Kyle, he said, he said, you really, he said, you, 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 preached, a, you preached a pretty good sermon. But he said there was something missing. You know, he said, Kyle, he said, you showed us a beautiful place to be. The place was a life of prayer. Oh, he said, you, you told us what that place could do for us. And he said, you, you made it very attractive. But he said, Kyle, there was one problem. You didn't tell us how to get there. I wonder if I've been guilty of the same thing in talking about being a Christian, a follower of Jesus. You know, I, I may have described what it means to be a Christian, a beautiful picture, but have I missed telling people how to get there, how to accept the invitation? Do I take for granted that, that people just know how to get there? So I assume this morning that some of you are waiting for the invitation to be given to you clearly. Some have never realized that they need to respond to the invitation. Some have, had, some have received some really bad information about the, about the invitation or about the marriage feast. That is, they think it's more of just a, a walk through a desert than it is an invitation to a, a marriage feast. They've listened to the, to the wrong reports. Some have made light of it because they don't believe that really there's any hope for them. They've gone too far in rejecting the invitation to the marriage feast. They have listened to the wrong reports. Maybe they think, oh, my sin is too great. Maybe my background is just simply too awful. Maybe the heart is just too hard. The temptations are too strong. Perhaps their own negative self-image keeps them from taking seriously the invitation to follow Jesus. They don't really believe that God's grace can be so free. There must be strings attached somewhere. You can't get something for nothing. We know that. How can it be so accepting? How can it be so forgiving? But if you're among that group, then I assume that you, you need help in knowing how to accept the invitation of Jesus. And another assumption I begin with is that if you reject the invitation long enough, there will be a come a time when it is going to be too late. In the parable that Jesus told, the king sent out his servants to call all those who were invited. And some would not come. Remember now, a parable is a story, and it's meant to get across the informative truth. And then he sent other ser servants to call them, to plead with them, to come to his, his son's wedding feast. 
The king didn't give up after the initial rejection. He gave them another chance, maybe, maybe a new voice, a different approach. Maybe that would convince them. But when they continually rejected the kingdom, the invitation, the king became very angry. He destroyed the whole city, and he turned to others with that same invitation. To continually reject God's invitation to follow Jesus is very dangerous. It's very risky because there will come a time when it is too late. Today is the day of salvation. And those without a wedding garment will be thrown out. There will be weeping. There will be gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus ends it by saying, many are called, but few are chosen. Only those who accept the invitation will be chosen. And what I'm saying here is it is urgent business. It isn't something to, to put off. If you reject the invitation, you run the risk of, be, of bringing, yourself, bringing upon yourself the judgment of God. I don't, I don't know what form of that judgment will take, but it will come. And if you believe in the promise of God for your salvation, then you can also believe that, that he will keep his promise about judgment. There was a Baptist preacher once that said, if God meant anything, God meant everything. So let's review a little bit. Today's sermon operates with the assumptions that God is still inviting people to the marriage feast. The Holy Spirit is still calling people to follow Jesus. God may be calling you. Some have yet to accept the invitation. There are still those who make light of it. They're too busy. And therefore, the call to accept needs to be heard. Some have never, never really clearly understood how to accept the invitation, how to become a Christian. And there will be a time when it is too late. If you reject continually, then there will be a time when the door will be shut. I want to be as clear as possible in what I say, so listen carefully. If your mind has been watering, I, wandering around, I invite you to come back. The invitation to the marriage feast is God's invitation to follow Jesus. It is God saying, I want to show you my love, my plan for all people and all creation to live in harmony. I want to show you a different way to wholeness, to health, meaning and purpose come to me says Jesus and I will give you rest and that rest means rest from a life of toil and struggle that just doesn't seem to make any difference it's a call to the kingdom and the reign of God it's new and it's different the invitation is an invitation to a marriage feast it isn't a desert experience it means harmony if there's bitterness in your heart, God wants to take that bitterness away. If there's no joy in your life, God wants to bring you laughter. If there is regret or shame, God wants just to wash it away. God will remember your sin no more. How do you accept this invitation? Be obedient to the call. Say a decisive yes. The Holy Spirit will work in your heart your conscience, your inner self. 
There'll be a nudge, a hunger, a desire to be different, a longing for change. And your conscience will give you a reminder that the way you're going is the wrong way. But the main thing is, is, is come honestly. Come with your brokenness. Confess to God, I've sinned. I've been hiding, pretending I want to change. It is God's love that will transform you, not your promise to be good. It's God's love that will wash your eyes. It is God's love that will empower you to follow, not your down payment on a good life. It is God's love that will give you a sense of being forgiven, not your good grades and behavior. There's an old hymn out of the Red Book that says it so well, just as I am, I come. If you want to follow Jesus and follow him, the invitation of the marriage feast is not a cheering section sitting on the bleachers to the good old boys club. It's not a rest stop, but it is an invitation to a movement, to a mission to change the world. So if you want to take the call seriously, the Bible needs you. God needs you. So in conclusion, I want to urge each of us to think about this invitation. Have we accepted this invitation to the marriage feast? Have we responded with a clear, decisive yes? So I encourage you this morning to be responsive to the call. Don't push out of your life the invitation from the one who can give you life. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, sometimes we have to shake the bushes a little. Sometimes we have to get a, open our eyes and see. And so I just pray, Lord, that you come into the hearts of every person that's here this morning. They feel you. They know that you are there. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to gather as a community of faith, loving you, worshiping you, living for you. And I pray, Lord, if somebody hasn't found it, that they may come and we can talk. Show them that there is a way. 